Hey, everybody. Coming up on today's show, oof, we got a lot of SEMA talk. We'll leave it at that. We're going to talk about a little old battery company that had a huge presence at the show. We're going to talk about some autonomous uh, vehicle testing that's happening. Very, very near Keith. We're going to talk a little bit about some license plate, uh, you know, the the cute tags, you know, like like you know your your name, personalized plates, that sort of stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about those um, and a lot of other things. So hang in there, and uh, we're going to get this thing rolling right after this. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the Counter Show. I am Jay and my good friend Keith over there, my podcasting co-host and partner in crime. What's up, Keith? That woman is tough. In 1994, I gave her a nickname. It's unrepeatable, but it's stuck. It's my proudest accomplishment. It's the <laughs> iron <laughs> of Pawnee. That was for you, Jay. Been on any elevators lately? Oh, my goodness, man. Oof. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, man? I still Uh, can't get that out of my head. Yeah, so... um, I was completely just taken back by that, man. Oh, but so... So worthy of a good story. Can can we go into this a little bit? Absolutely. I think it's a must. Just just because here we are just doing normal human things, right? As humans do. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I, if there were a camera in my eye, you know, as my wife sometimes says. So I witnessed this whole thing, everyone. So we're back from SEMA. Um, lots of great content. Lots of content still coming out. If, you, if you're if you not tuned in, uh, we're we're over on the YouTube side, of course, as always. YouTube.com forward slash parts counter gurus. We've got a lot of YouTube shorts out now. We're also on TikTok now. We're, we are in there, man. Holy uh, cow. We're what? The Parts Counter Gurus? Or is it just yep. Parts Counter Gurus? I can't remember. It's, it's Parts Counter. You just go to Parts Counter Gurus. You'll find yeah, it. We're, yeah, we're yeah, there. yeah. You'll so, find it. There's clickable links everywhere. Right, so. right, right, right. So, um, you know, lots of content coming out. Make sure you're subscribed. Tell a friend about the podcast. Leave us a review on the podcast, too, by the way, if you enjoy it. Um. And yeah. uh yeah 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 now uh let's see here uh it's at parts counter gurus on TikTok sorry i just had to verify that i i was looking to so thank you very um, much so we had i mean honestly i i don't know that anybody works harder than we do at SEMA. i mean Man, no hyperbole there it's we're busy it's uh, the truth and you just took the words right out of my mouth i was going to say i i think perhaps we have to be probably the two hardest working guys in in the media room there there's so much that we uh get covered anyway uh at some point we were going we were going from place a to place b or something like that we went back to the hotel room uh we were basically shifting gears i i don't it doesn't matter we were basically transitioning we get on this elevator now in our hotel they have a lot of different elevators it's smart to do it that way because um 
some elevators only service some floors, some service other floors. That way you're not all piling into the same elevator. And there's an older couple in front of us. And Jay doing kind of Jay, what Jay always does. Uh, the d elevator door opens and Jay kind of, I think, I don't know if you said anything or you just gestured to no. the older couple and you were like, go right ahead, right? Yeah, just being nice. Go, go ahead of us. And they <laughs> went in. Yeah, they went in before us. And yes. they went in. And then uh, now this is on the on the ground floor in the lobby. And then Jay right. goes in, and then I follow Jay. So it was just to recap: the doors older, closed. Older couple, Jay, myself, door shuts. Yeah. Okay. And then and then the, the, it, at this point we still hadn't figured out what was about to happen, but um, a young lady in the back corner, and I'd say probably in her twenties, maybe early thirties. And, and this is after we. This is yeah. after we. We the, the doors closed and had my card out and I hit our floor. Yeah, and, you know because you have to have the key to get on the floor, right? She said something along the lines of, um, "Could you hit like lobby or the lobby or the lower level or something?" Right, Some, something we, like that. Right. We were. She goes. We were getting off the elevator. And Jay's like confused. He's like, "What? Wait, that well, we were just there." And she goes, "I know. I was trying to get off." <laughs> yeah, man. And, and Jay's like, oh, sorry. And, and again, like, we weren't the first on the elevator, right? No. So Jay apologized, and I witnessed this. Jay goes, I'm sorry. And he said those words. And then it, maybe I followed it up with, I didn't know you were trying to get off or something like I did. that. Just being very nice. I said, I'm so sorry about okay. that. Uh, you know, and, sorry about that. And at that <laughs> point, she chose to double down. Yep. Okay. And she decided that she was going to try to hand out a beating. Now, now look, let me just be clear, everybody. The rules specifically state that if someone apologizes and it's sincere, you don't continue to be a Okay? Right. I'm just, it's in the rule book. Okay? It is. Yeah. So she doubles down with, well, it's just etiquette or something like that. Right. right. Etiquette. Elevator it's etiquette. etiquette. It, common courtesy. And And Jay's like... Wait a second. I mean, like, he didn't say... He's just literally like, what, <laughs> what just like, happened here? Deer in the headlights, man, at this point, right? Because you all have to remember, he's kind of like that guy in the hockey game that didn't commit the, 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 the act of aggression or the penalty. He's the third guy that showed up to the fight, and somehow right. he gets penalized. And I witnessed right. this whole thing, and, I, you know, it was quite fun for me. Yeah. But literally, we were like... Okay, well, screw you then. You know, <laughs> we just yep. went right up to our yeah. Uh, we went to our room and had a discussion on it, and I think hence that's where the uh, the sound bite you just played. Beware uh, of came, yeah yeah came into play, and uh, yeah bleeps but, on elevators yeah. right <laughs> bleeps on elevators right right wow what a yeah I, totally totally a weird thing there it was a bizarre passive aggressive looking for a fight you know just kind of had to ream somebody for something. <laughs> it really was. It really was. You know, otherwise, uh, gosh, busy, busy, right? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, my goodness, man. Um, hey, for for those of you guys out there that sometimes take a dig on this old man and my videos that we put out there, because I am Keith to Keith Senior. I'm a I'm a senior over Keith here. So, um, but I will let Keith uh, tell you guys how well that I navigate through those halls. Yeah, and am step for step with even younger, you know, I, younger, younger than me. Uh, people I think out there trying I, to make it. I pointed out uh, 
observationally at some point to the, to Jay that you know everybody kind of has a a pace a rhythm, and I frequently get called out by other people because my pace just isn't their pace. And right. a lot of times I'm just trying to get somewhere. I've got something to do. The transition to me is the longer that takes, the more time is lost, right? It's a time right. waster. Yeah. I'm just trying to get to my thing. Okay. Right. And I, the meandering drives me crazy. And me as I well. almost, I almost sent you a picture of, uh, okay. So uh, this has really turned into a, I see, I told you we could, we could go down this road of, you know, it was going to take 20 minutes. So the other day, Sideshot, who has the same phone as you, uh, I get mm-hmm. this. I get this uh, message from my wife that uh, basically he's devastated because his his iPhone 13 Pro fell out of his pocket, and the parent that he carpools with in the morning like ran over it. Oh boy! Ugh. So we had the Apple Care Plus whatever, and and I usually don't get that, but I got it for him because it was his first phone and all that. And so we go into the we go into the mall over the weekend. We go into the Apple store and they they do their thing and they put a new screen on it, and fix it all up. We got people walking, two people walking four wide down a hallway, at a pace that is like that sloth from the DMV and that kids oh, movie. Oh God! Yep, yep. So yep. if you 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 know you go at your own speed. I don't I don't care what that speed is, but you don't get to take up all lanes. And yes, there are lanes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just that drives me crazy. I mean, it's well, me too. I can think of one thing that would come in really, really handy in those situations. That unfortunately we're not allowed to carry them around with us because I think they might be considered a weapon. Um, but a cattle prod would be great to have. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or even maybe the um, the big giant uh, foghorn, right? Or the oh. Uh, Oh, what's dude, the yeah. uh you know the you know what i'm talking about the one that's I, in the uh 100 you know, like the train home yeah or at the end of the hockey games oh yeah that's right? a total fog that's a total foghorn oh which by the way did you know that each arena hockey arena they all have those horns right but each has its own distinct tone Interesting. There are no there are no two in the NHL that are the same. So if it's in the sea of like like A flat, I must be at like, you know, the Atlanta Thrashers game and is, are they even still around? Um that's a good question. If they are, they don't matter. Because yeah. I haven't heard of them lately. Or, so yeah, there you yeah, go. If it's like a blues game or a Blackhawks game and they've you know oh, right, what, right. Ooh, red ooh. red wings. What key is yeah. the the blues being that they're you know, logo is a Gotta blue Gotta go note. check that out. Yeah. See, there's, hey, there's a little uh, little tidbit of information for you. Now, your work, your homework, Keith, is to go pinpoint each horn, foghorn key for each arena. Well, And we'll, we'll talk about it on a future podcast, we, hopefully when the Nashville Predators. We know the Predators are in the key of Tim McGraw-Flat, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, catfish, uh, yeah. C for catfish in the key of C. Um, yeah, that's that's truth. Yeah, you're right, though, man. You and I do have a heck of a pace, you know, going back to that, yeah. what brought us into this circle. But, um, you know, and I, I said to you, you said, hey, man, you know, you keep the pace. I said, yes, I do. I, and and I have one very dear friend of mine who is the reason why that is, and that's my good friend Roy. Um, Roy and I served uh, in, in the military together, and we spent a lot of time in Europe. And 
you just walk, man. You go. And there's crowds everywhere in England. If you've ever been to England, guys, I mean, it's crowded everywhere you go. So you got to, you know, navigate through these crowds and you got to go fast if you want to get there because you're trying to either A, catch a bus, catch a cab, catch a train. That's just the way it works, man. So um, motion is medicine, you know? I mean, it's unless you're, you know, I I just, I don't get it. Again, not judging here, but please, if you're going to do that, everybody, if you're going to do the whole meandering thing, don't swing two or three wide and and don't get me started about oncoming traffic where you know we're in a single file line coming at a group of four and they're right. on a sidewalk or whatever and none of them will get you none know, of them will budge right yeah that's it's like with me i i walk every day I've, I've had this conversation with you keith about this before even on my walk where i follow the rules as a pedestrian i am supposed to walk um against traffic um, if you're a cyclist, you're supposed to cycle with traffic. But for whatever reason, I have these people that are, they want to walk with traffic and they're expecting me to move out of the way, get out of their way, because for whatever reason, they feel they're correct. Now, if they were from the UK or one of those weird countries that happens to drive on the wrong side of the road, but they would say the other way for us. Um, then yeah, it's, you know, I, I, I get it, but you know, when you're in the country that, you know, drives on that side of the road, you should follow those rules. Okay. You know, that, that's what so I have a problem with. I got a, I got a question here, everybody. Uh, I am guessing we may turn this into a video segment. So leave us a comment. If I were to go get an air horn or some canisterized horn mechanism that I could carry with me and film it. And make a little video segment where I just clip a bunch of me passing people together where I blew the horn and then walked around yeah. them. On foot. Yeah. On foot. Yeah. Would that be a video you would watch? Leave us a comment. Let us know. I mean, I, I might have people swinging at me. You never know what well, could happen. I was going to say, I would watch that video for the reaction because you don't know what's going to be coming at you. Um, the funny reaction is when they get the crap scared out of them. Right. Um, so that's the reaction, but then it's the the uh, the reaction to the re- to that, which uh, could get you uh, harmed. Uh, so right. just be prepared for that. Uh, but I, I've seen some of those videos where dudes have that on their their pickup trucks. Or do I they, do it with a clown horn to make it less? Uh, no, less no, 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 dude. You got to do it with a foghorn. You know, I mean, yeah, you know what I mean. Horns, yeah, clown horn's not going to do anything, man. Or, those, those or things, oh, but if squeaky. I could find an ooga, if I could. <laughs> Would that work, or does it does it have to be like startling? It has to be startling. I'm going to go with the startle factor. Yeah. Okay. Bartle do. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Bartle do. All right. All right. There it is. Leave <laughs> us a comment. Let us know, everybody. I eagerly await your thoughts and suggestions. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that segment. So we'll see see how many people swing at you. So much so that I'm on Amazon right now looking up uh, <laughs> that looking up horns. Be. Yeah, all right, all right. So back hey, to so back to business. So um, let's talk a little bit about Nashville traffic, Keith. Okay. Do you want to go there now? I or mean, no? yeah. You y'all better strap in for this one because it could get quite entertaining. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got a news headline here. I think right. Yeah, we do. Um, I agree with you. I'm not so sure of, of, of the assumption made here, but 
uh, there is a very large uh, autonomous uh, vehicle test that will be uh, conducted in Nashville, Tennessee, in conjunction with, um, you know, Nissan, Toyota, GM, uh, TDOT, which is uh, Tennessee Department of Transportation, as well as Vanderbilt University. Yep. Um, Led Lord by Vanderbilt, knows. or I guess conducted by Vanderbilt. Correct. Um, so it's all autonomous. Um, you know yeah. how we feel about autonomy. And We're not there yet. Yeah, man, are we not ready for this. This is such a bad idea. Not to mention, and if you're not from the Nashville area, you don't live here, you're not going to know what this means, but they're going to do this on I-24. Oh, man, um, that's like... Which oh. is already... Jay, when you and I worked together some two decades ago now, mm-hmm. I-24 was a mess, and that was before all the people that now have moved to Nashville live here. And so... Um, and they were... It was always under construction then. It's it's even messier now. I just don't see how... It, oh, okay. So, and let me add to this that the test window is 5 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. So, we're going to get morning rush hour traffic in this. Right. So, that means that those of you that might be taking this stretch into work, uh, be prepared. I will guarantee you there will be some snafus. So, so 100 autonomous it, vehicles on a four-mile yeah. stretch of I-24... They're going to include the Nissan Rogue, the Toyota RAV4, the Cadillac XT5, and probably others. And those are all fully autonomous equipped. Uh, They've got um, lots and lots of cameras to record every second of detail. Now, on the one hand, I say good because there is no better jackassery on the road than I-24 in Nashville during morning rush hour. And it is right. off the track. I can always tell when I'm home, Jay. You know how? I How's come that? home, and the minute that I get in the outskirts of the city, it's like being back in a NASCAR race. Oh, You got people drafting. You got people slipping yeah. in, squeezing in, inches from my bumper. I mean, it's... I yeah. am telling you, if there's one thing about Nashville that I do not miss, that is it. And as you well know, I commuted in every day yep. and it was an abs. You want to talk about being able to navigate. I think that my skills as a driver in Nashville, just trying to get to and from the office every day, right. Gave me the skills to be able to navigate through the SEMA show or any other trade show quickly going from point A to point right. B, those right. skills. You have to be very aware. Am I right? Absolutely. Extremely aware. Absolutely. And, um, it's. I mean, there's lots of wrecks. There's always crashes. Tons. I mean, it's, tons. There's always traffic is an issue in part because of a lot of the stupidity. So they're talking about um, a situation here where we have 300 4K camera sensors on poles that are 600 feet apart in that four mile stretch. Crazy. Track. That's crazy. Man. So they're going to get lots of data. But back to my previous point, I just feel like you know it's right out of that movie Terminator. You know, we're bringing on the apocalypse, right? Like. This is not great. So we're going to have data of bad situations that the autonomous stuff may or may not be able to deal with. And the infrastructure was never built for autonomous driving. And and so from the ground up, the biggest issue that we have is there isn't consistency. You know, not all paints are the same color on the stripes. Not all stripes are as visible as others. Not all surfaces are made of the same like you have asphalt, you have you have uh, pavement, concrete, so on, right? Like there's just different types of surface 
all of that looks different to a car's camera. Um, I mean, we've talked about for yeah. the variables that are in there, Keith. Like for example, the issue that the Teslas are having with that split in the road. Out oh, in, in uh, Yosemite. Yeah. Right. Where they're driving into and, rocks. Right. And and the fact that they're having issues with emergency vehicle lights. Um, there's been reported crashes and fatalities because of that. Um, you know, there. But I will say this, and I've said it to so many people: if we're going to get there, you do have to test, and it has to be in a controlled oh, sure. environment. But unfortunately, when it comes to autonomous vehicles, there's absolutely no way that you could replicate every single situation that's going to come up, especially um, in Nashville. Unless you have a dedicated traffic way that is for autonomous only, and it is right. purpose-built. And, and look, Jay and I are not anti-EV. We're not anti-technology. We're just acutely aware of the limitations because of industry knowledge. And we're not right. there yet. And, and we're probably not going to be there for a long time. Not accident-free, not death-free, uh, none of that. Um, and, you know, people may argue, well, what margin is acceptable, right? Like if the death rate is below or the accident rate is below a certain margin, wouldn't that be acceptable? I, I still think it's too risky. You know, I mean, if you have, you know, kids in cars, if you have unforeseen pets running out on the highway, I just, I don't know. I I just think it's not worth the risk. No, I'm with you. Um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of data they get from this. Um, for me, I, I I can go out on a limb and suggest that I think most of the data is going to come back, obviously, from negatively impacted portions of this test. And <clears throat> I guess you have to put it out there. You can't get to the moon without making mistakes. I say it again. I say it all, all the time. Yeah. I do I do think that these are necessary, but I think you can you can um you can really screw some things up, man. Um you, I've driven in Nashville. I know that area that they're talking about. It is not a good area to, to, to in right. my opinion, to test. And like you said, Keith, that area, man, had I remember when I first moved there, it was two lanes um eastbound, two lanes westbound. Yeah. That was it. And when I moved, it took them 25 years to get to that point. You had six lanes on one side and six lanes on the other from all the way from downtown Nashville to, you know, right at the interchange of, of 40 and 65 where it all comes together when you're going um, eastbound on 24 to, is it, well, actually, is, isn't that where the uh, Nissan, is there a Nissan plant down there? Smyrna? Uh, Smyrna, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so that's why I guess they're... That's a little bit further out. Not, that's not a little far, bit not too far, but yeah. Right. So, but that Laverne area, uh, Murfreesboro, uh, you've got a university there. You've got the expansive growth of people that have moved to the area. I mean, they have absolutely put on every scratch of earth something between there and there. So it's heavily congested. So it will be very, very interesting to see how, how this gets managed. Now there's a, there's a larger concept at play here. And we're going to get into this later. And if you don't listen to us on the podcast side, now is as good a time as any to go check that out because um, we're going we're gonna to get into 
a topic in the conversation that we have with Optima here coming up on, on a later segment, which will be in the full podcast. You can find that over on our website at partscounterguru.com. Just click on the podcast links tab right. and it'll take you there. Uh, and this is a concept that one, one of the people, one of the folks from Optima basically articulated, I think very well that we agree mm -hmm. with, which said, you don't want the government leading the charge in these developments. You nope. want the private sector because the private sector, especially your 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 automotive builders, developers, modders, they're gonna have the enthusiasts in mind. If if the government leads the charge, you get into more of a um, self serving, if you will, mandate. Yes. And so uh, here's where I'm going with this. So a few other details on this. Um, uh, this corridor is going to basically be taking video over a fiber optic network, running it through algorithms that process positions at over 30 me uh, measurements per second. It's got 3D imaging. Um, TDOT, the Tennessee State Government uh, Department of Transportation, is involved. Uh, the first test groups of the U.S. Department of en Energy and National Science Foundation. Um, so we have a lot of government entities involved in this, and that's great, except that I don't know that we want them to be the ones to lead the charge on any new automotive uh, developments. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, go ahead, Jay. I was just going to say, this it brings back a memory of the a video that we previously did. You can go check it out over youtube.com forward slash parts counter gurus. was with um, the, the intern for Nissan yeah. uh, that was – literally putting himself in the middle of traffic for real-time information. Um, but there was a human involved in this thing. Right. So I am sure, certainly, if they're going to be doing this um, in live traffic, real-time traffic, there better be people behind the wheel to take right. over just in case. There better be. Oh, I'm sure there will be, but where do you draw that line? Like... You know, when you're five feet from the vehicle doing 30 miles an hour, when you're past the point of braking to safely stop, like, you know, there's a lot of, um, I guess, nuances to the whole uh, test platform that, that I, I would hope they've ironed out, right? You hope so, yeah, yeah. But um, wow, it's just... Uh, yeah, hmm. we'll see. We'll, we will see. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So, um, you know, Keith... On you know on that note, um, do you think that the push for that technology has been limited somewhat just because of there's still the gas you know the the internal combustion engine product out there, and you know you have just not flooding the gates with EVs is that some of the holdup maybe? Well, that's a good point. So um, you know if you take into account the SEMA show where we saw a lot of the cutting edge technology is in the electric vehicles. And I don't know that it's necessarily that people have come out and said, well, it has to be an electric vehicle to have self-driving or to have any of these new, more modern features. I think the automotive manufacturers sort of feel like they're not turning back. And so if we're going to do this, let's do it in the next generation of vehicles Putting self-driving in a Ford Bronco maybe doesn't make sense, right? Because it's right. not, you know, if you're going to make that long-term investment, and there is a lot of R&D expense in doing this, 
do it on the future versions, right? The mm-hmm. the concepts, the builds, the builds that we see at SEMA. Do it on this stuff. That's the purpose of concept cars, right? Like, right. Don't do it on the car that we're currently making. Do it on the one we could be making. Right. Show people the potential, which is something that we ran into a lot of, more so this year, I think, than any other year. Oh, yeah. No question. we've done. The innovation that's happening in the EV world right now is just absolutely unbelievable. So, Well, yeah. I mean, I think we knew going into SEMA that we were going to see more of it. Did you have any doubt, Jay, that you were going to see more this year than we saw the year before? I had no doubt that that was going to be the case. I, I would like to say, though, that that I think that there was a little bit of um, just from... Okay, so everybody knows that Ford and GM pulled out in big fashion this year. They, they were not at the show as a huge exhibit. There were GM vehicles all over the place. There were right, Ford but that vehicles. wasn't that was that not a specific. Yeah, GM didn't have right. a booth. Ford did it, not it, have a booth. Exactly, and then you have step in the ones that you know VW. We talked about this. We thought that Volkswagen really kind of hit it out mm-hmm. of the park mm-hmm. with with their um, electric vehicle presentation, their uh, presser. We also thought that um, there was a good representation over at SEMA Electrified, um, which ended up being an entire section this year, which actually was pretty darn cool. Right. The, and some the, of the innovation that, that has gone into that is crazy. Some of the, the year previous, it was kind of like just a bunch of old retro mods. And now we got we got a lot of good stuff. Uh, you right. know, and it's all Karma. modern vehicles. F-150 yeah. Lightnings, the Karma, Karma. Fit, um, uh, Polestar, I think I saw Polestar. Polestar. Yeah, uh, trying to think of some of the other um, right. Dodge Lucid. had Dodge, Lucid had Lucid, a vehicle there. Lucid had yep. a vehicle. Dodge had some of theirs. Rivian was there. Rivian was actually better represented than I thought they were going to be. Oh yeah, um, and and it surprised me, but at the same time, it was actually kind of a, a happy surprise because of how much we've really kind of been. You know, pulling for for uh, RJ and and that whole uh, Rivian team with some of the right. setbacks that they've had over the last year of trying to get this thing rolled out, and they're still having problems. And you know, um, but the, well, look, the, the, I mean, Nissan put electric vehicles in their booth, not in the SEMA electrified section, in their own booth. In their own booth, Volkswagen, who you previously mentioned, put electric vehicles in their booth. Right. Um, you know, and then it got weird. Like Toyota, I'm not sure what they were doing. You know, uh, that's and that's kind of where I wanted to go with this is that I just kind of felt like some of them had a really big opportunity to jump in that, and they did, and it was almost very, it was, it was um, very like uninspiring to me the whole Toyota thing. So ironically, if if you watched the press release from Toyota and then you watched the press release from Volkswagen, and we saw both of them. Um, the two old TV show partners from the American version of Top Gear, Tanner Faust and Rutledge Wood. Um, so Volkswagen chose to let Tanner Faust lead the press release. Um, Toyota had one of their corporate executives run the press release and Rutledge Wood was there to sort of assist. Volkswagen's was very flowing. It was very, um, from a car enthusiast perspective, it was, you know, 
it was a professional in front of the camera, but he's also, you know, he's a professional driver. Tanner yeah. Faust knows what he's doing behind the wheel. So right. they had somebody that kind of was articulate, but knew the product. Right. Toyota, on the other hand, it was everything was scripted. They had teleprompters everywhere. Rutledge Wood was reading off cue cards. The jokes were scripted. It was flat as could be. It felt it felt like forced. And I'm not even really sure what they were trying to communicate. It was so distracting that I it distracted me away from the actual product release. Well, here's here what I gathered from the Toyota press release press event was it, it felt like well we're just going all in on on toyota gr performance and overlanding and that's it that's all we're going to do which we all know that's not the case they've got a lot of other fingers and a lot of other things uh specifically battery electric vehicles mm-hmm. and in a situation where at a show where there is an obvious transition going on here um you who dropped the ball there I mean, I, I personally felt like that. And here we have, you got the Dodge booth, which, by the way, again, guys, if you go to our YouTube channel, you could see this. Keith does a really nice explanation and ask a really valid question. And that's over at YouTube.com forward slash Parts Kind of Gurus. And oh, um, boy, the comments. <laughs> oh, man, boy, they started flying out like crazy. There's like like war going on there. But they come to the show with all of these internal combustion engines everywhere with models that they're going to be killing off. Dodge. Uh, so you Dodge, got the Challenger, you got the Charger, you got yep. um, multiple ver- yep. copies of those cars there. You got the back screen um, with like just muscle car mania going on, burnouts going on on the big screen that surrounds the whole. You know, it's a, it's a like a like it's like almost a hundred and eighty degree, maybe not quite. It might be like a hundred degree round curved screen, and then you got the whole drag racing thing where they had a couple. Uh, Hellcats, yeah. you know, that you could literally get like, like PlayStation yeah. style, like you're in the car yep. doing. And all of that is awesome, except that it is insanely expensive to put a booth at SEMA. Mm-hmm. And what is your return on investment there? Your return right. on investment is here's a bunch of cars that you're not going to be able to buy next year. Literally. Right. This is the yeah. last year they're making them. Yeah, they are. Um, and and they, I mean, they they promoted that even. This is the last. I mean, yeah. if you watch some of the footage that they had up on the screens, you know, and they're 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 embracing the move to electric. I don't think Be- people get that. Like even in the comments, mm-hmm. we saw, well, they got a bunch of engine blocks they got to move. Yeah, that you still don't spend that kind of money at SEMA to move engine blocks. No. Like, do you guys understand that the Challenger and Charger are done? Yeah, they're done. That's it. They're not going to be for But sale they were next at the year. show. They were drag racing uh, with them. They were, you know, they had them set up. They're beautiful rides. So yeah, they're great. Keith cars. and I love them. They're yeah. awesome. We love them. But we were just trying to. The bigger question was, why in the world? What is their marketing strategy here? What is it? So we shall see. Uh, you know how that I, how that pans out for Dodge. But. I think the thing that we are going to see at least in the short term at SEMA over the next two to four years mm-hmm. is the continued growth and featuring of Rivians, um, all the sedan type uh, electrics. You know the SUVs like you're going to see from Subaru and Polestar and you know the Mustang Mach-E and all that stuff is going to become more and more prominent. And people say. You know, um, yeah, but you can't mod these out. And right. I completely disagree. They are heavily customizable. <laughs> Make yeah. sure you, you know, go check out our 
our um, our channels, and you're going to see all yeah. kinds of examples of that. Least of which was Optima, right? Right. So if we want to get into the Optima thing just a little bit, Optima showed up with two Rivians, an R1T and an R1S, a full custom built uh, battery trailer that you would pull behind each one of these that had battery bays in it. Yep. So the goal was to be able to go out overlanding in one of these for days and days and days and never have to uh, leave to refuel, right? You just right. plug that sucker in overnight and you're charged up and it's got you know bike racks on top for dirt bikes motocross bikes camper shells if you want that all that is built into the rig so you can take these things out and be off the grid for days if not weeks right and and that's just one of the many things that optima brought so optima you know we had a we had a, a one of one of our partners asked us like what was your favorite thing i think optima might have been one of one of the favorite things that i saw because of the wide variety of stuff they did they were very smart in how they approached that that whole thing and i and and it caught my eye and i think it caught your eye you know a week leading up to the show they put out a, a a quick post about they've got batteries for a rivian and they just show the rivian and 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 then they got this off-roading overlanding thing it was pretty impressive. I mean, what they what they did. So what they're trying in the meantime, they're out there burning rubber, right? So they got a track behind their they're in the outdoor area and they've yes. got a track set up and they've got Mustang drift cars just chewing through tires out there, dancing right. together, like sometimes right. just feet apart drifting around these turns. Right. And I think people are misled um, you know, to some degree about, you know, well, why would Optima Battery be doing this? Well, because these, you know, because they have twelve volt batteries. They use them for certain oh, things in EVs. I mean, come you, on, folks. You're I mean, going to need power. It's not just the battery in the car that's made by the right. OEM. It's not just the Ultium platform. If you have a GM or a Cadillac, that's in it. It's the custom-made trailer that you've got. I mean, people take generators. Why wouldn't you, you know, off-road, why wouldn't you take something like this? You can, right. you know, ho- however you want to work that. They're just showing you the possibilities there, right? Like, there's a build that we have a video out on. We'll probably get into more videos on it where uh, I think it's Thule, you know, the roof rack company is making a roof rack uh, with a cargo box that has solar panels on it that you can use to recharge your battery packs. It's brilliant. Right. It's it is very brilliant, man. It's it's making use of good space, right? Yeah. It's 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 thinking outside of the box and saying, well, what else can we do? How what else can we add to this? And I think that that's where the EV sector is changing things so rapidly for people in an accessory and and also a modification type situation. Fine example was the Nissan Aria that was turned into a surf wagon. Mm-hmm. Um, the customization of that vehicle, you know, now that that was for fun, um, but with what Rivian, their representation at the show, wherever you walked, wherever you saw Rivian, it was always featured as an adventure vehicle, mm-hmm. and which is that's what its sole purpose is. But as you all know about Rivian, they have had their, you know, they've stumbled a little bit here and there, and there was this neat little feature that they developed that sits between the cab. 
of the pickup truck and the uh, the the wheel well in the rear that was a slide out cargo area, but in certain instances it was a camp kitchen. Um, so they've hit a snag with that, mm-hmm. and this is perfect timing for Optima. Optima just basically hit the ball out of the park, man, with what they were doing. Oh, here. yeah. I mean, they had something for everybody at their booth. Now, we're going to get into an interview with a guy named Jim who's with Optima, and he takes us through a new product that's coming out, and I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. We're going to transition into that interview here in just a second. Just just keep listening, everybody. And then we'll come back and maybe just I, I've got a couple details on it uh, that we can add to that conversation. Right. But I do want to mention, uh, for those of you that have an interest in Optima, I, I went and did my homework, Jay, because I knew of Optima, as did you before we you know met with Jim. But uh, as of right now, and I'm saying it that way on purpose, keep listening and you'll find out why, there are essentially three different color tops on these Optima batteries. Now, if you didn't know that, Optima makes a really good top of the line, nice, nice battery, automotive battery. They color code them, and it's the top of the battery that has a specific color. And those right. three colors are going to be either yellow, red, or blue. Okay, so red is your typical starting battery. And I say typical, it would be your traditional starting battery that you would put in a vehicle. Okay. The red tops are starting batteries. Blue tops are usually RV and marine. So think like more of a deep cycle personality, right? Um, That's your blue top. And then they have the yellow tops, which are considered dual purpose. Now, a lot of these overlanders like me that have like Toyota FJs or, you know, whatever your Jeeps, where they put a second battery in there, Mm -hmm. they'll use it to power like their LED light bars and their ARB fridges and their maybe their compressors and all that. But it can also be used as a backup starting battery if you're off the grid for two or three days and you need that right. extra boost. So those are the three colors as of right now that Optima offers. And at this point, I think, Jay, might be a good good segue into getting into the interview with Jim. Um, you're going to learn about an additional color option. Okay, and I'll just stop there. And we recorded this in... At the event, outside, with all the awesomeness going on behind us and around us, including the drifting and the burnouts and the jumps. You're going to hear all that in the interview. Take a listen, everybody. This is our interview with Optima at SEMA. Hey, everybody. Coming to you live from the Optima booth, SEMA Day 2. We got Jim from Optima Optima Batteries with us. Jim, how are you today, my friend? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for uh, letting us uh, take up a little bit of space today with you. We're uh, outside of the exhibit, but they also have a little action going around the track. Jim, what are you calling this feature here? It's the Fun Haver uh, track party, and we have Adam LZ, Chelsea Denofa, and the head Fun Haver, Vaughn Gittin, in their Ford Mustang drift cars, and they're putting on exhibitions pretty much the whole week, and... Special guest is Lauren Healy, who's also a fun haver, but he focuses on the four-wheel drive side and Ultra 4, and Vaughn Gittin Jr. brought Brocky, his Ultra 4, out, and Vaughn's been having fun driving that all week. That's awesome, man. I tell you what, I am I might get in one of those, but I had a little bit too much to eat last night. I may, I may lose something, but look, we are here really for one thing and one thing only, and that is for you to tell us about what you guys are showcasing here this week. You had a big release earlier in the week. 
So tell our tell our fans, our audience, a little bit about what you guys did this week. Well, it's it's a lot of new products for us, more than we've ever had since I've been working at Optima because we're gonna uh, reveal. We actually revealed, and we're we're gonna bring out in the spring of 2023 a power sports battery line that features six different battery sizes that'll cover about 95% of all power sports fitments. So not just motorcycles and ATVs and, and uh, wave runners and jet skis, but lawnmower batteries, because people ask about that, snowmobiles and a lot of those. Can we look at these? You've got some yeah, sitting absolutely. over here, right? Let's go. Okay. Why don't you go take them around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you, you can go. All right, so let's go ahead and start with this. What do you got? Okay. So the Quad 30 is the biggest, and we're not going to recommend any of these for automotive applications. Obviously. But this is the one that people are going to probably try to use in automotive applications. Okay. And questions people have is pulse hot cranking amps, which is a specific measurement for the power sports uh, market. And this is 800 pulse, pulse hot co uh, cranking amps, and it weighs just over seven pounds. And then as, as we make our way around here, to the 20, the quad 16, the quad 14, the 12, and the 7. They get progressively smaller and they fit a variety of applications, but you'll notice we have terminals on all corners of the battery to help facilitate easier mounting in, in a variety of applications and cover a lot more fitments. And then we also have this dongle that comes off the batteries because when you're looking at a lithium-based product, it's okay if it's in an OEM controlled by the OE in terms of how the battery is charged, how the battery is discharged. The challenge for the aftermarket that quite frankly a lot of lithium companies missed out on because they were trying to get to the market so quickly is, is controlling the charge that goes into the battery and controlling the current that comes out. And, and so what we've done with this, we have five different patents pending on the technology involved in this. It's not just another you know, I'm, I'm going to offer a lithium battery and slap my label on it. Right. Our research and development team went in here and said, what can we do to try to make this the best possible product for the market? So we have a CPR system that there's a drain on the battery that's discharging the battery. Once it gets to a certain point, internally the battery's going to shut off. That'll leave enough power if, if somebody parked their motorcycle, left their light on, right. that they can get the, the motorcycle started one more time. And then we also have a BMS battery management system in okay. it to control the amount of current that comes into the battery and not and, and not allow overcharging in the battery. And then this dongle can come off the battery because a lot of these are buried underneath a seat in a motorcycle or in, in, in UTVs, and it's hard to see um, what the state of charge is of the battery and hard to connect it to a, a charger. And this dongle is going to help with that quite a bit. So right. And now less volatility, right? Yeah. So. Would you ask Jim for me, what, what, what does orange mean to them? Oh, yeah, there you go. What does orange mean to you, Jim? So we, we actually, this is not the first time Optima has had an orange top battery. Right. Back in the day, man, it's it's got to be 20 years ago or more, um, we had orange top batteries that were reverse termination batteries. So we had a battery of 34R, and the R designation signifies reverse termination, so the positive and the negative posts were switched. Right. And to highlight that, we, we made the battery top orange. Well, 
Um, that, that was a lot of orange poly for one size of battery, so we eventually made that the red top R34R battery. It has a red top on it, but um, that, that was the original orange top, but the, the lithium line of batteries that we've uh, released this week are all going to be orange top batteries, and that'll differentiate it from our red top, yellow top, and blue top batteries. Okay, gotcha. Very good. While you guys are standing up, you want to walk? Yeah. yeah. So tell us about the vehicles that you uh, you guys brought in this week. You said you got a whole line here of different <laughs> different animals here. The one that stood out to me the most is this hydrogen internal combustion engine, um, which is very uh, interesting to me. I know that efficiency is a key to one of these things. What 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 is this all about? vehicles, which is quite a few. Obviously the fun havers here, but almost a hundred of the vehicles that we brought are competing in our Optima Ultimate Streetcar Invitational presented okay. by Advanced Auto Parts. And it's basically for street legal production cars and trucks. It doesn't matter what year it was produced, it doesn't matter if it's a car or a truck, all-wheel drive, two-wheel drive, front or rear, we, we kind of, it's, it's amazing sometimes that we can get them all in there, but right. we have vehicles from nine different decades that are competing this week. That's amazing. And five different fuel sources. We've got unleaded gasoline, E85, ethanol, diesel, and this truck is a 48 Chevy. It's powered by hydrogen. Now, Mike Copeland uh, has been a longtime competitor in this series and, and brought a variety of vehicles. I, I think folks remember the Dodge Rampage Right. that he brought out that had the V8 uh, uh, engine mounted in the bed. Uh, Arrington Performance is his company, and, and, and this, quite frankly, is the guy that you want to have uh, experimenting and developing alternative fuel opportunities in the country. You don't want politicians uh, you know, kind of leading this charge and holding. Right. You want a hot router, a guy who wants to figure out how to make things cooler and go faster. And that's exactly what Mike, well, Mike Copeland's doing. And as Keith and I always say, we said this to everyone on our podcast, the performance industry is what really leads out into everyday usage. And that is actually the, the best way you could put that. Now, supercharging, does this make this, do you know if it's zero emissions or? It's zero emissions. It is zero emissions, okay. And it's, and it's about 500 horsepower. Because I know that that's, that. If, if you have to have have it supercharged in order to have that have that happen. This is amazing lineup, man. No doubt about it. That uh, tell us about this one right over here. What the big one? Yes. <laughs> we can come over and look at it. Um, it's it's quite a, a vehicle, and and there's a the it's called the Beast of Turin, <laughs> and it is kind of a salute to the 1910 Fiat. Um, so it's. It's just eye candy, and, is, yeah. and that's one of the things that's great about the SEMA show, and there's so much detail to this car in every facet. You can, you can spend 45 minutes walking around here and, and not see everything there is to it, but uh, it's, it's pretty impressive. A guy named Gary Wales brought it out, and his special lady friend has been posing in it all week. I don't know where she's at, but she'll be here soon, hopping behind the wheel. Uh, but it's it's impressive. That is very impressive. <laughs> such a such a uh, such a beautiful piece of machinery, no doubt about it. So speaking of being able to uh, purchase your product, um, are you in every automotive aftermarket supplier like Advanced Auto Parts, O'Reilly? Is that where people can buy your product? Not everywhere, but okay. we're at, 
pretty much the major ones. You can buy it, obviously, at OptumBatteries.com, and, and right. we offer free shipping every day of the week, and we'll send it right to your house. But nationwide, Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, Pep Boys, O'Reilly's, four-wheel parts, Jag, Summit, uh, so quite a few of the, the major uh, retail outlets. Okay. Um, Keith. Um, and, and I, you know, actually, if you're not going to buy factory direct on our website, seen them at the retail level in the stores. Which ones? Um, O'Reilly, where I live. In, in the, it depends in the on the location. Okay. but a lot of them just don't sell six volt batteries anymore. Right. And a lot of them aren't near water, so they're not gonna have any of our blue top marine batteries there. Right. So um, if they don't have it in stock, Interstate Batteries also sells Optum batteries at all their locations. If they don't have it, they can get it for you. All right. If we jump back on the table mics, we can wrap it. Sure, okay. I've got, well, I've got a lingering question for Jim. <laughs> and, uh, we need to ask him about the Rivians as well? Yeah, yeah, that was where I was headed with this. Yep. So, uh, let me get back on mic real quick. Let me get my dust off me here. <laughs> my rubber dust. Me, yeah, so let me brush the rubber shavings off. So, uh, Jim, you guys moved the uh, Rivians uh, to what location here? At I think CMA? they're in front of Central Hall. Central Hall. Okay, yep. we want to get back over there and take a look at those. You got an R1S and an R1T. Yep. Um, and what's really interesting about, well, a couple things you were telling us yesterday. Um, you've got trailers that I'm guessing were built, but I want you to correct me on that. And then you guys are using these things in overland situations, right? Yeah. So we partner on a lot of projects with Weiss Tech Engineering out of um, Southern California. And, and Mike Weiss and his team have, have been really active with us, especially in our off-roading stuff. Even though Mike's, Mike's known for his Mercedes-Benz tuning, he's, he's got a long streak in him that uh, really goes, enjoys the out, outdoors and, and getting out to the King of the Hammers with us in Johnson Valley and, and going down to Baja, Mexico for the 500 and the 1000. And and so the, we, we have actually Arnold Schwarzenegger's old uh, Unimog. Oh, nice. And okay. He was able to pick that up a couple of years ago, and we've had that out at, at a lot of these events, Trail Hero and King of the Hammers. and. Yep. And we're going to do the same thing with these Rivians. And, and how long are you, you, you can take them out? I mean, I don't know what kind of battery power is in those trailers, but you're able to charge those things up multiple times, I would guess, yeah. in an outing. Yeah, so that's that's the idea. And, and, and people can be nervous or scared or afraid of EVs and what you can do with them and what you can't, but... Again, you don't you don't want politicians leading the charge on this. Yeah. You want the automotive aftermarket guys who love off-roading and doing cool stuff with cars and trucks to figure out how you can use an EV in an overlanding situation. And so, right. you know, it's kind of uncharted territory. But but they've got these trailers built. They have solar panels on top of them, and and not just to charge the the trucks themselves, but they've got electric bikes on the back of it. And saw that, yeah. yeah camping equipment and lights and, and all kinds of stuff. And yeah, you know, I it. It should be mentioned that you guys at Optima were willing to take that risk, spend some R&D dollars to do something like that, to push that envelope of, like you said, you don't want the politicians doing it, right? So you guys stepped in and said, all right, let's see what we can do here. And I personally am grateful for that. I'm sure a lot of people are because that's sometimes a tough sell to a corporate you know, room. And, and it's, it's tough for people to make that connection because they're like, well, these are EVs. They're, they run on electricity. What do they care about 12-volt batteries? Right. And, 
every Tesla on the road today has a 12-volt battery in it. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like there's this total disconnect between the 12-volt market and what's going on with electric vehicles. Yes, for right. sure. Right. All right. Uh, I think Jim's got to go for sure because yeah. have you done this yet? I, I don't fit in those cars. <laughs> yeah. Well, you are the official MC of the whole whole place here today. And, and By default, week, nobody so. else wanted to grab the microphone. <laughs> right, right. The microphones are right there. If anybody else wanted to do it, they could just right. pick up a microphone and flip the switch. Well, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to spend with us today and our fans and our audience. We really appreciate it. Um, have fun. Have fun. That's all we can do, right? I will. Thanks for coming by, guys. I appreciate Thanks, it. Jim. Appreciate it. Take care. Whew. All right. So, man, that was quite the event and you know once again let me stress keith and i are so grateful to jim and the folks over at optima batteries for allowing us to get in their space they are very busy people but i will tell you one thing they're extremely talented at what they do uh their focus is to inform you about their product and do a very good job of displaying that and they also do a very good job of bringing you up to speed on the technologies that they offer so and out of that i'm gonna of course we're gonna let let um, uh, Keith discuss a little bit more about one that was released at the show that he talked about. Um, and I would like to say there's nothing like, there's nothing better than the smell of burnt rubber in the morning. <laughs> and uh, wow, we literally had it all was, of yeah. the rubber was all over us. In fact, after we tore down um, leaving, and this is so funny, uh, one of Jim's uh, uh, guys came over with a blower to blow us off, to blow, help blow our equipment off. Man, it was so bad. I mean, the soundboard had black, like it was like black uh, dust. It just, was, it yeah. was, and it just it, we got out of there. You smelled like a, just a burnt tire. Oh. I mean, it was it was fun though, right? I, I would fun. say for at least twenty four hours, I smelled that smell after we left sh the show. Yeah, absolutely. But so once again, you know, before Keith gets into this, uh, Jim, thank you so much, and everybody over at Optima for having us. So, all right. But. So I yes, thank you, Jim. Not to too quickly move away from that. We had a good time there, and and I had a good time watching Jim have a good time. I think. Oh, he's he's a blast. <laughs> and by the way, yes, he's actually that tall. Um, <laughs> he is what is he like did he say seven oh, I, yeah he's yeah. seven seven one something yeah. like that yeah big big dude tall yeah. dude um yeah. so i i i got a copy of the one sheeter that optima was giving out on those orange batteries which they call their hypercore lithium those will be for sale in the spring of 23 everywhere right. you can get optima and they're in more places than you would think uh, honestly, Jay, nowadays they ship for free in most cases. I would just have it sent to my house. I don't know that I would deal with going to it. I mean, you can. You certainly can. You can go into a retailer and, and order one or walk away with one. So right. they're calling it their Hypercore Lithium. They've got six different models on the sheet. They probably will end up with more. I freaking love this as a power sports person because... Um, well, there's a lot of reasons, but least of which is the weight, right? So right. my wood bike, my woods bike, my Honda CRF, like having something other than that SLA battery in there is is it's going to make a difference. Um, and they're doing something in these batteries that Jim mentioned in the interview. They call it Optimus CPR. Uh, basically, um, it it prevents you from running the battery completely dead to the part to the point where you can't get one more crank out of it. Right. So. I'm not saying that anybody in this room has ever possibly left their Ducati on to the point that they came back with a dead battery. I'm not saying I not saying that. I'm just saying it sucks to have a bike with a dead battery. So they have this thing called Optima CPR. 
And the way that Optima describes it is it disconnects your battery from parasitic loads and reserves enough power to start your vehicle. So you get Which another is crank so cool. out of it. Yep. Which is so cool. I mean, that's 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 optimization. Yeah. Ha ha ha. They're putting uh, terminals all the way around all four corners, quad right. terminals on the battery. So no more, well, do I have to flip the battery over this way or that way to get it in there? You got options, right? Very well thought out. Yep. So uh, six different options for now, quad seven, quad 12, quad 14, quad 16, quad 20, and quad 30. Um, they run from three amp hours up to 15 amp hours. And they vary in sizes. Um, there's all kinds of cross-reference information. If you need that, you can get it on Optima's website. But I am telling you guys, this is a game changer. And as Jim said, this is not them slapping their, their label on somebody else's. They thought this through from the ground up. These yes, are well-designed batteries. Yes, indeed it is. And it's so important. Um, and this, again, we said this to Jim. Um, he brought it up about how we utilize technology um and we said it uh, you know when you're when you're in a change in the industry with all of these things this new technology coming at you if you're not in it um then someone someone's going to get there before you yeah and what i like the most about the direction that Optima Batteries is going in here is that they are thinking outside of the box looking towards the future. But what they're doing is they're using technology that has been developed for a specific sector in the industry into this particular product. So it works across the board, right? Yeah. That's the beauty of this. These are, these are you know, like Keith and I, you hear us talk about all the tech devices out there and battery charging. You know, the hardest thing on a battery is is the usage of it, how we abuse the heck out of these things, letting them discharge completely, or it's the cycles. It's how we take care of those things. And so the fact that they are utilizing techniques and technology that are out there and some of this everyday usage stuff that we use, our phone and all the sort of stuff, our tablets and everything, to optimize the battery life, yep. this is what these guys are doing here with this product, and it's pretty damn amazing. Well, and they are empowering, like Jim said, you know, you don't want the innovation to come from, you don't want the government leading the way on that. You don't want any government leading the way. You want your builders doing that. You want the guys that live and breathe in the industry of all things automotive, right? And That's so Optima's out there putting their money where their mouth is. They are, they are backing builders that are going out and doing things like hydrogen-powered vehicles, like just crazy stuff just to see, As hey... Go build this trailer for these Rivians and let's see what happens. And let's go take it out in the Baja 100 or, you know, the, the King of the Hammers or whatever. And let's just see how it does. Right. 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 And, you know, in, uh, you know, in the interview with Jim, when he was talking to me about the vehicles that they had brought to the show, those vehicles were literally lined up around the entire place. Yeah. And the whole, as Jim said, the whole purpose of that was to put on display all of the different innovations that can go into these vehicles. Right. And like he said, hydrogen uh, power, that, that old old truck, man, was just beautiful truck. And that's why I picked it out because it's a, you know, it's an internal combustion engine, but it runs on um, its its source of fuel is, is um, hydrogen. Yeah. It's pretty amazing, man. Yeah. I love this stuff. I lo as, as my good friend uh, uh, Dave at uh, Goodson used to say, I love this sport. Man, I love this sport. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's so cool. 
It's so cool. But gosh, you know, uh, anything else to add to that? Because I want to thank Jim and the, and the and the team again over at Optima, man. I, I mean, just thanks, Jim. Thanks. No, no doubt, man. Just just fun times, fun times, fun times. Um, so. Before we must end our day with you guys, <laughs> Keith brought this up to me, and I mean, it's just worth just—it's hilarious. All right, um, yeah, Keith, I, I just gotta say, keep going. I've just gotta say, I've been waiting for this for days. Well, <laughs> apparently, um, there's a Twitter account out there. Uh, it's a bot. It's, it's a, bot. a bot, right? Okay. Um, it's posting uh, vanity plate applications, um, you know, denied or accepted. Yep. Um, but for the, the the funniest part of it is, is when you see the plate and two and two click together, what it could or could not be. But their answers to rejecting it or or, or accepting it are just absolutely hilarious. So I'm gonna let Keith Keith take this over. You yeah. found this story, man. I mean, yeah. it's so funny. Dude. I mean, just I don't know that I'm gonna be able to get through some of these without losing it. But okay, so most of these are out of the California DMV. So vanity plates, everybody. So you you apply for personalized custom license plates, right? Like yeah. however you want to say that. Right. And you want to, you know, like, like if we wanted PCG on the plates, right? And right. so or f- or if you're a Dolphins, a Miami Dolphins fan, Fin Fan or something like that. Yeah, right, right, right. And yeah, yeah. F- yeah, Fin Fan. Yeah. Um, and so there's a set of criteria that you have to go through, the least of which is it has to be available. Someone else can't. It has to be unique, right? Right. Um, and so this bot has somehow gotten access to um, the, the feed from the California DMV. This is a good use of automation in terms of this bot. Like, I love this. This is doing right. the, the world some good here. Um, and, and we should retweet this, by the way. I'll, I'll see what I can do there. Um, so this is an applicant. It says, um, well, here's what they asked for on the plate. The number two, <laughs> space, Ds, as in D, Delta, E, E, Z. Two, space, Ds, okay? Right. And Ds. Uh, the customer says for their justification... Daryl and Danae, me and my wife. I guess Daryl and Danae are two Ds. So right, yeah, you know, yeah, that's 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 okay. logical, you know, right. And DMV replies, as in the nuts, <laughs> denied. <laughs> right, that's so funny, man. Yeah, uh, we got another one here. Um, it's B T T S T U F, B T T S T U F, no spaces. The customer says branding, tattoo, technology, sciences. Truly, ultimately, forever. So we have an acronym there. Branding, tattoo, technology, sciences, truly, ultimately, forever. BTT stuff. The DMV says, butt stuff, butt's tough, tough, denied. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You go, Jay. You got one? Go ahead. Yeah, I do. So they have this one customer. Um, The the plate is uh, I-T-S-C-A-C-A. That's I T. S C A C A, all one word. It's caca, right? Is yeah. what it kind of kind of yeah. says. And so, but the customer says what what it stands for. It's another acronym. Is information technologist for the Sacramento chapter of the California Automatic Collectors Association. The DMV responds with it's caca poop. <laughs> Denied. Jesus, Denied. Right. So and now this um, one's. The RCF. Oh, this yeah. is. Yeah. So somebody got themselves the new Lexus RCF. And those are sweet cars. Side shot awesome. has one hang, a picture of one hanging in his room. Yeah. And uh, the customer we says. Have, 
Yeah. My, we my new car is a Lexus. Yes, we did. We did, didn't we? We did, yes. Yeah. yeah we saw on the show. Uh, my new car is a Lexus RCF, and I am so happy. So the tag they asked for was RC space F space. Yeah. RC F. Yeah. Yeah. The DMV said, nah, it looks like fuck you. <laughs> RC F. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Denied. Yeah. Denied. This one is hilarious. And all of you muscle head, uh, muscle car guys out there, you'll love this one. This one is uh, BLWN space 54. I look at that and it, you know, blown 54. Right. So the, the customer who applied for the, for the plate says, I have a new motor with blower on it. The DMV says, responds and says, blown, comma, can have sexual connotation. Does have a 54 Ford, though. Verdict accepted. So he got to keep the plate, which is awesome. Um, holy cow. Do you want uh, this one? You can do it. Do it, and then I'm going to jump down one. Okay, Go so ahead. this one is, and I'm not real sure. <laughs> it's it's funny, um, but it's uh, zero or O H as in Howard two, and then T T O two T T O two T T. Well, the customer says the car is a 2000 Audi TT or O H two T T. The DMV says T T titty breast accepted. <laughs> love it because they had a tt right? right that's right so um those of you that are toyota fans will know that trd uh typically stands for toyota racing development right somebody requested the tag m-e-a-n-t-r-d all one word no spaces um and their justification was mean toyota racing development and the dmv said nah it reads mean turd denied <laughs> Turd Ferguson? Right. Uh, let's do one more, Jay. You pick it. All right. Um, you got three there left. Oh, this one you get you can't you can't leave the you can't leave the building without okay. this one. Yeah. And you know where I'm going, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For all you Bronco fans. Right. Um so the customer's uh, plate request is simply O J space S I M P. And the customer's his description says, "Good luck." That's it. The DMV says he has a 1994 Ford UT Bronco, one year off of the OJ Simpson slow speed chase Bronco, but in bad taste. Verdict accepted. <laughs> I love it, man. So somebody got a Bronco and put OJ Simp on the tags, and it got That's accepted just, by the California DMV. Go figure, man. That state is so. That's brilliant, poor. man. Well, there's. I love st- it. But they're so falling off the, the, the into the ocean. Oh, now. yeah, it's yeah, sure. Just just one more year of fires and storms, man, and they're done. Yep. Well, people keep moving out of there, so maybe the earth's getting lighter. Maybe they'll hang on a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, they're moving they're mo- here. They're moving to your and place. And we're having yeah. traffic jams on I twenty four that are causing automated uh, tests. To who knows? You guys listen to the previous segments and we'll get the podcast, and you'll you'll understand. So wow, guys! Mm. Thanks, Keith. That was 
That was yeah, a you're welcome, fun, fun piece of, yeah, I leave it to you to bring out the turd jokes, but anyway, um, <laughs> so yep. Yep, once again, sure. guys, we can't thank you guys enough. Make sure that you are subscribed to our podcast. We're on every single platform out there in order to find our podcast easily though. You can just go to our website, which is uh You'll find the podcast links and all the other social links. Speaking of socials, we are on Facebook, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash parts County gurus, Instagram, over at Instagram, we are at the Parts Counter Gurus. Uh, we are now over on TikTok, and we are at Parts Counter Gurus. We are on Twitter. We are uh, at the Counter Show on Twitter. And then, most importantly, guys, YouTube.com forward slash Parts Counter Gurus. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. We love you for doing that, man. We love you f- coming back and watching. We are growing like crazy thanks to you. So. Thanks for listening to us today. And uh, Keith likes to always take us out I got, on a really interesting note. I got to so. cut. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, you know, interesting can be many things. Um, mm-hmm. This time, I hope it's inspirational. But uh, a couple thoughts here. If you've made it this far in the podcast, everybody, first of all, thank you. Second of all, um, leave us a comment, if you would, on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That really thought. does a lot for us in terms of helping us be introduced to new listeners. Um, if you can't give us a five-star review, talk to Jay first and then we'll, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll, but if you can, please go ahead and do that. Leave us a review. Hopefully it's positive. Second, if you're looking for ways to support the show and the holidays are coming up, I, I'll mention that we're working on some pretty interesting things here. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, an uh, outdoor lifestyle thing coming up. We've got a real interesting podcast. It's another SEMA interview about to come out that, it, that features some equipment in, in that spirit. Um, we have and used, uh, some Helinox chairs. The particular chairs that we used are the cafe chairs, but, um, all of the Helinox stuff and the brand and the line are amazing. If you want to support the show, Go buy some Helinox chairs, and honestly, the way you need to do that is I'll just put a link on the website, and you can use it. We, we've been linking to a lot of them in the videos, um, but it would be a huge favor to us if you would just hit our website, find the Helinox link, and go buy. If you're going to buy them as a gift, they make great gifts. They're well-built. They're nice. If you have anybody that's into anything outdoors, these can be used at events. They have a really, really awesome uh, outdoor arena type chair. It's made for sloped, uh, environments, but then they've got a lot of great stuff that you can use at soccer games or school events or the races or SEMA or camping or wherever you want. And they make tables and they make all kinds of cool stuff. So just go check them out. Check out our website. That would help support our show. And if you need some gift ideas for some outdoor enthusiasts, there you go. You're welcome, everybody. Um, there you go. Yeah. Thank and you, now Keith. to the moment that Jay has been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for making us a part of your lives all the time. We really appreciate it. We mean it. Uh, until next time, I am. Oh, actually, that is Jay. I almost put myself first, Jay. Sorry. That's my pal Jay over there. I'm Keith. And I'm going to leave you with this. If your life is motivated by your ambition to leave a legacy, what you'll probably leave as a legacy is ambition. Rich Mullins. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you on the next one.